Welcome once again to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi. The discussion all over America is, when can we reopen? And that question is being discussed rather loudly here in Las Vegas. The follow-up question to that is, when Vegas is back in business, will you come? Well, that answer will depend on what the town will do to attract folks. Today, you'll meet Ron Garrett, a longtime Vegas casino and talent executive who has some ideas. You can't wait to get on a plane or a train or get in your car and get out to Vegas again. We all want that. We want Vegas to open. But the question becomes when and how. Well, we're going to talk with somebody that knows Vegas, knows the business, and probably has as sharp as eye on this as you can find. His name is Ron Garrett. If you've heard of him, it's not surprising. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster, casino executive, and a guy who handles some of the great acts in Vegas. Ron, first of all, before we even start, thanks for coming on the show. You've been in Vegas a long time. Okay. Hi, Steve. Uh, thank you for having me on the air, and I appreciate uh, what you uh, what you're doing here. And yeah, I've been around a little bit. I've been <laughs> here since 1971 uh, when I started my uh, continued on with my radio career uh, on K Ram Radio. If you remember that, 13:40 a.m. and we were doing country music. You ever seen anything like this, Ron? Oh, absolutely not. This is incredible uh, what's going on now. Uh, I've seen a slowdown on the Vegas Strip a couple of times. Uh, one would be uh, right in the uh, right uh, right around the 81, 82, 83. There were some union issues then, and a lot of the uh, union people, the culinary union and such, and I see also the stagehands, were out on the street uh, doing their thing like they're supposed to do in America, and it was settled. Then again, uh, another, uh, uh, of course, 9-11 where we all uh, took a big hit in Las Vegas based on the fact that we are uh, accessible by accessible by airplane, mostly, and right. uh, everything was grounded. I have an interesting story, if I may, uh, about that. Uh, on December, about, excuse me, on September 10th, 2001, the day before 9-11, was my first day as the general manager of the Greek Isles Hotel on Convention, on uh, Civic Center, the uh, Convention Center Drive. Then the uh, it was the Debbie Reynolds Hotel before that. Then became the Clarion, and now it's a, an empty lot. But uh, I was the general manager of that property, and we had 207 rooms. Uh, 200 of those rooms are dedicated to the airlines, half to uh, Delta Airlines and the other half to United. So when 9-11 took place that Tuesday morning, uh, as I was uh, getting ready to, to go in, I saw it on the Today Show. It was about it's 6 o'clock in the morning here in, in Las Vegas. The issues with the World Trade Center. I said, oh, my goodness. I have a hotel full of airline people, and I'm my second day as the general manager. <laughs> wow. uh, of course, I went immediately. I got, I got there as quickly as I could, of course. Now I'm the new guy, you know, and I don't even hardly know these people that I've been hired to, uh, uh, to look at and improve because the hotel was not a a moneymaker, and I, I had to make it a moneymaker, but I didn't know these people, and they're looking at me like, well, this guy's who's this guy, and uh, uh, we're not sure about him yet. So it was an interesting situation there. What I did was I just closed, I just surrounded the hotel with security. I went and called all the private security people I could, and everybody had the, kind of like the same idea, but I, I brought in private security, placed them all around the hotel, and instructed my direct uh, chief of security uh, at the time, Dan Gardner, uh, to start putting people in front of the elevators and such and such. I pretty much locked down the hotel. Of course, I couldn't stop people from coming and going. 
And we went on from there, and, and that's that story. Then the next time uh, would be the, the, the sadness of, of uh, 1 October. And we were, I would say, uh, I would say that we were down for about a week here in the city, but no one really shut down shows other than one or two days in, in, in respect, of course. So I've seen Vegas go through various periods, of, but never, never had I ever thought for any reason whatsoever that we would actually shut the town down. And that is what's happened. You know, you mentioned uh, October 1st, and kind of the thing that kind of pulled the city together, at least one of the things, for, especially for the community itself, was the hockey team. And now as this stuff's going on, I'm thinking this might be an opportunity, and I'm trying to be a positive thinker on this. Maybe the new team, the Raiders, can do kind of the same thing for Vegas because I think unlike that time when you said like it recovered in maybe a month, this is going to take longer, don't you think? Oh, of course it's going to take longer. Unfortunately, no one's really going to be safe until, one, they find a cure, or two, have a vaccine. Vaccine is not a cure. The vaccine is a preventive. When that is happens for for the solid and totally tested, then everyone's going to feel super safe. However, I I think uh, that we're going to see Vegas can't stay closed. They just can't. And and what I rolled out in my uh, my article about uh, uh, Vegas open for business uh, is is going to have to happen at least sometime in the next sixty days. Otherwise, we're going to have problems that we never even foresee. And no football team, hockey team, or anybody else is going to pull us out of this if people are getting on airplanes and coming to our town. Your article was fascinating because, and I love this concept, and people have been talking about this for years. Let's go back to the mob days. Not so much that the mob's running the place, <laughs> but the idea that Vegas is a bargain, and you're bringing people in, and you know, you're playing, and that's the way you pay for all this. But in reality, everything's a deal, and that's kind of how you foresee this, right? Well, first of all, I don't think anybody's going to do anything that I posted, by the way, other than probably lower room rates, which I've already seen happen. There are published room rates right now, and you can see a lot of the properties have really drastically cut their numbers. And you can get into the Bellagio during the week at this point under $100. But that'll change. But that's as occupancy goes up. People aren't coming by airplane right now. Not for a while. Airports have to find a way to be able to screen them as they come into town somehow. How do we know that our guests are are uh, virus free? The right. hotels have to certify that they're virus free in, in in one way or another. So where do you get the business from, Steve? Locals. <laughs> uh, locals. There's two and a half million locals here. Local businesses, local restaurants, and local casinos like Stations and Boyd will open probably first because they have a market that's already here. Uh, right. The locals will go flocking back to them. Then comes the strip. Well, it, my thing would be, and I, again, this is what I would do because I've had that job, but I've never had the, the this kind of crisis to deal with. It would be like it's never been opened before, and let's open it. Let's open it up with everything that got people here in the first place. I know it's old Vegas, but it still works. You've got to offer deals, bargains like we always did. One of the issues I wrote in there, and I put it in capital letters. No requirement to join a slot club to get comps and deals. That's the way it was. All you had to do was be a good player. No requirements. Uh, we would watch the floor for the good players. Before, we had all the sophisticated uh, slot clubs and uh, tracking systems, and 
we actually knew the name of the person, their, their favorite drink, and uh, what they usually put into a machine in any given day based on the computer systems that do track the slot floor. Well, you know, Ron, so, people get excited yeah. about that. Though I remember that. That was one of the cool things about going to Vegas is, wow, the bartender still remembers me. I go every year and he knows me. Well, the, the thing about what they talk about the mob days, first of all, I don't think the, I don't think the, the mob days were, uh, when you think of it, there was a lot going on that shouldn't be going on. But what they did well, what they did well is that they treated everybody, no matter who you are or where you're from, and not discriminatory at all. The same. Everybody was a VIP. Everybody was important. That's why the people always want to talk about the mob, because they knew how to treat customers. They were total customer service. Today's customer service is uh, by the numbers. No, absolutely. The, the bigger the player, the more important you are. I, one right. thing about your locals approach is the next phase after that then places like Los Angeles and Phoenix and people that can jump in a car and get to Vegas. Well, it would have to be, uh, yes, because that would be offered to everybody, not just locals, but go for the local market because uh, there is no other market at this point. I fear that when we do open, and I believe that uh, during the month of May, we'll be uh, rolling everything out. And I don't think we're going to see any. Unfortunately, this is bad for my business. I don't think we're going to see showrooms up and running until sometime in June. And you can see why the showroom would probably be the last to uh, to be okay to do yeah. because you can't put people six chairs apart from each other. You can't sell enough tickets to uh, uh, to make any money, and uh, a showroom has to have the energy and the synergy of uh, people getting up and dancing and, and doing whatever it is that the show is making them do. You get that, right, Steve? No, I do, and it, it's something I've thought about a lot. I mean, people obviously think of the hockey team, the football, mm-hmm. but you're right. Even in those clubs. People are going to be uncomfortable. You know, those tables are mm-hmm. kind of tight, which was always kind of the fun part about it. You got to know people. Like that's you right. say, that's probably last on, on this whole list of what's going to happen. That might be last. Well, I think I hope not because that's I work for Wayne Newton. I work for Alan and Kathy Gliss, the producers of Menopause the Musical and uh, and uh, the Bronx Wanderers. And also, you know, I have my, my radio show, the Las Vegas Rocks radio show, and uh, I'm not there. Uh, I'm not there at all because that's just the way it is right now, and I'll come back on again when this passes. I hope so. More with Ron Garrett, longtime Vegas publicist, producer, and radio host, in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. We are talking to Ron Garrett, veteran Vegas casino executive and the host of the Las Vegas Rocks radio show. Let me say this. Let me run down a little bit about what I'm talking about because our audience right now doesn't know what I'm saying deals. If you don't mind, I'd like to go through the things that... uh, Absolutely. Okay? Because what what are we talking about? Oh, I'll go back to this, go back to this. Here's what we're talking about. One, and I think this is the most important thing of all that may sound silly, is to open the gates and, and, and uh, provide free parking again, and forever, by the way. Yes. Not, not just for this. And uh, go back to making valet uh, a free service and let these guys live on their tips. Uh, that, to me, is one of the most important things to do. Go back and get, get rid of that. Let's get rid of the uh, resort fees, which have, been, which have been killing Vegas. Our tourism actually has gone down. 
uh, not too far, but it, we, it, I think we reached a point of 44 million in 16 and 17 a little bit less, 18 a little bit less, then back up again. And though, certainly this year is going to be awful because of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the lower, lower the room rates to under $100. Uh, get rid of the, re, like I said, the resort fees, the, the LET tax, the, the entertainment tax. That just adds to the price of the tickets. Yeah, pe- people hate that. They hate the resort fees. They hate the ATM fees. It's funny. They don't mind losing money. They don't mind paying a bundle for a great meal. But it seems like they just hate those things because they feel they're getting nickeled and dimed. You know what the ATM fee is at uh, at the Valley's ATM? What's that? On t- if you go to get money, it's it's $9. Yeah, that's insulting because you're going to get money to spend more money. You right. know, so it hurts. It's $9, and that's after you paid $12 to park your car for uh, to, for more than four hours. Uh, or the $25 Valley. This is ridiculous. And uh, uh, I think it's one of the reasons. Uh, I, think the, I think they're catching on that Vegas is no longer that bargain. This, that, or the other. But let me say this: even if they did everything I said, dollar ninety-nine, uh, ninety-nine cent from cocktails, dollar forty-nine steak and eggs, midnight to six, uh, buffets, uh, four ninety-nine, six ninety-nine, nine ninety-nine. However, I think buffets are history. Me too. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Uh, I know they're remodeling the Bacchanal buffet right now at Caesar's Palace to make it safe. Uh, a lot of sneeze guards are going to be going in there. I'm pretty sure of that. But uh, someone's going to have to do the serving with gloves as opposed to reaching in and serving yourself. I think that's going to have to be the case. But I don't think buffets have much longevity left because it's. I think I think maybe they'll come back again some other time. Yeah, but I what's agree. Sad, Steve, what's sad, Steve, is what I think would happen anyway. Let's say that somebody does what I suggested. Roll back everything, make make the place a bargain, open up the doors, customer service, everybody's important, uh, all that stuff that we all like and remember. More importantly is the entertainers, the entertainers in the lounge. Let's start paying these people. The hotels uh, are not spending money on good entertainment, and they got to. We've got such terrific acts here in Las Vegas, and all of them are appearing away from the strip. That's you know that's a great point, and with all the competition across the country with uh, you know Indian casinos that kind of thing where everybody's got a casino nearby their house, that's one way that Vegas can really differentiate themselves is getting people out there not only for the big name entertainers but also for some of this great entertainment that like you know like you mentioned the Bronx Wanderers they're fantastic. And it's something that you generally don't th- they do play other places, but you generally see them when you come to Vegas. They are fantastic. Uh, I love that act. I also am crazy about uh, Menopause the Musical. Yep. If you haven't seen it, it's terrific. It's been going on for almost 15 years now. It's a solid hit, and it will get its business back. The Bronx Wanderers uh, are now in their new venue over at Harris, and it's a beautiful venue. The big thing is, let's say that everybody did this. We all rolled things back. As soon as business got good again, they right back to their old tricks. Uh, and they would change everything going forward. If everything's back by uh, the end of the year and going into next year, watch the resort fees come back if they even take them off. Watch the parking come back. Uh, they're going to come back. Everything's going to get ridiculous again after they rebuild the business. Then the locals will once again be forgotten. Uh, but for now, the locals are king. Those locals are the queens. They are the royalty. And if it were me, 
and it's not. <laughs> if it were me, uh, I would attack that market big time with local radio, local television, digital billboards, mobile bill. I I throw the book at it and try and fill my hotel with uh, and open the doors to these people and welcome them with pricing they can deal with. Fill my hotel with business. Certainly, the casino and the showrooms. Locals aren't going to stay in the hotel much, but if uh, but if you give them a good rate, they might do a staycation. I think that's a, a smart suggestion, and I think those tourists, you know, again, if they start out with concentric circles that kind of go outward, start bringing people in from Southern California and Arizona because they can jump in the car. And those, consequently, are the people that come back and visit four, five, six times a year, and you want to get people back in that whole routine, and they're out of it. So I, I think you're right. I think the way by, – by coming up with the Vegas as a, as a bargain again – I think really is a good idea. I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, who knows? Who do you knows? think that could be a place where the convention authority can really come in? Because, again, conventions are really the the bread of Las Vegas, and they, they double the size of that behemoth out there. But now they've got to get people to come out, and it's really important. So maybe they – Maybe they need to kind of bite the bullet for a while and, you know, the resort fees and so forth. I always thought the resort fees were kind of a joke in a way because it makes the price look really cheaper. And generally speaking, when you factor in the resort fee, it's still cheaper than most parts of the country. But people feel like it's being dishonest because they're being charged a fee for something they don't understand because it really doesn't matter for anything. And they they just keep going up and up instead of just raising the uh, hotel rate. Well, the resort fees are, 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 they should be in the price. I mean, who are we kidding? That's almost like a bait and switch as far as I'm concerned. And uh, they should be in the price, one price inclusive. I always promote it that way. When I put out my rates at the Sahara and at the Greek and down in La I was a general manager down there in two different places. I did inclusive. I didn't go plus, 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 plus like everybody does. Inclusive. But I didn't have resort fees at the time. Uh it needs to be inclusive. I think that's the way it should be. You already, let's say you think you've got a $250 room, but before you get to that room, you're already spending $60 a day on resort fees and parking. <laughs> and you haven't checked in Wow, yet. yeah, and, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and come on. And then some properties, the uh, Luxor, I know, uh, has a spa fee uh, that goes on top of the resort fee that goes on top of the parking fee. And uh, it's crazy. So you got to go use the spa because you're paying for it already. It's nuts. But that's going to change because the hotels are looking at 20% occupancy speed opening up. 20%, 30%. No one's rushing to Vegas because the other cities could be still in lockdown. And the airlines have two people on them right now. More in a moment from publicist, producer, and radio host Ron Garrett. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Nationwide on the BizTalk Radio Network. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. 
With us today is Ron Garrett, who represents some of the best acts in Vegas, including Wayne Newton, Menopause the Musical, and the Bronx Wanderers. Well, is this an opportunity also for somebody smart? Uh, and, and I think like the win has done some smart things. Even the PR they put out afterwards, they were taking care of their people and stuff. And that, that, that makes people feel good. Is this an opportunity to really kind of differentiate yourself from the crowd and build up something that maybe will last for years? I think, yes, it is. It's an opportunity to show your stuff and to show your, your savvy, your marketing uh, abilities and who you really are as a, as a citizen uh, of uh, business here in Las Vegas. Uh, but, uh, go, uh, you mentioned the, the convention authority, by the way. Uh, they have a big job ahead of them. They yeah. have to tell the world that Vegas is open again and uh, and safe. That's a big job for them. I think they're up to it. I've always admired the uh, the convention center's ability to market the town. There are no advertising. I just had that thing for 50 years. Every every year I've been here, yeah, uh, has done a remarkable job. With, look what we've done with our town. But they have to do it again. they got to do it again. It's as if the town just popped up in the desert overnight and nobody knew it was here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But fortunately, there's two million people surrounding it. And I don't think that's a market to go after when no one else... We're in the middle of the desert. You've got to get here some other way. They're crazy. And I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they go that direction. I, I hope they, so, too. And, and I think the one thing that's positive also is you look at mayor goodman you know and she's so forceful with this stuff come out and mayor john lee of north las vegas these are people that they kind of got there by doing whatever it takes so i don't think there's going to be a hesitation on their part to try to do whatever they can to make people know that the city and the area are like you say open back for business and it also take a few days to open these places back up steve because having been a casino guy when they close a hotel, the the uh, gaming control guys at every one of them, you've got to count the money, every single dime, every single chip. You've got to count the money the gaming does and lock it up and make sure that the same amount is still there when you reopen. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because think about that. So wow. that's a big job. And uh, my daughter-in-law, who is a, a racebook supervisor mm-hmm. at the Excalibur, was the first one out of work, by the way, because when they when they canceled everybody's sports season, there's no sports, there's no betting, right? And she's the she's the boss over there, but she took almost three days to close uh, her department because of all the uh, checks and balances and who's got the money and where it is and what's out. You know, you got to gather every chip, every dime, everything, and now they got to open it again and everything has to be verified. Yeah, yeah, uh, makes once sense. Again. So it, it's not easy to do to do this. It's not easy to do this and to open everything up. And, and, and they're not coming. They're not walking in. There's no walking. It, it's incredible. It's the, the, the ship ran out of fuel in the middle of the ocean. One thing you wrote about in uh, your article, which I thought was really smart, was about the security and so forth. In fact, the quote you had was, you come to Vegas to clean up. Well, now Vegas right. is cleaning up for you. And I think yeah. you're right. They're going to have to not only clean up, but make people realize here's what we're doing differently so, again, they can feel comfortable. And, and, and that's a big job too, right? You're talking about places with 20, 30 restaurants just in one hotel and uh, you know, all these rooms. It, it's a big job. It is a big job. And also, here's another thing that I don't think a lot of people look at. If you have 100 people in a, in a room and you tell them, okay, all go away, come back in, in 60 days or 30 days, 
and you have your jobs back. Only 80 people are coming back. Right. The other 20 people have found something else, whether they fell in love, they left town, uh, they did this, they checked out here, they passed away, uh, they decided to retire, whatever. So now you've only got 80% of your of the people that you furloughed left to come back. But even then there's an issue because you're not going to bring them all back. If I have, I, I'm running a hotel and I've got 40% occupancy, I'm not going to have 100% staff to take care of 40% occupancy. So there's going to be a lot of changes. Some of these businesses who are on the edge inside these malls, you think, you know, let's let's take the forum shops, probably the most expensive uh, square footage of any, uh, that, more expensive than Rodeo Drive. But there are people in there, believe it or not, working on the edge. How many businesses are not going to come back? Yeah. How many businesses ran out of money? How many businesses, Cirque du Soleil, for God's sakes, is, is filing bankruptcy? Uh, it, it's going to be a huge difference. Not every show that closed, that promised to reopen, will reopen. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. We are talking to Ron Garrett, veteran Vegas casino executive and the host of the Las Vegas Rocks radio show. You bring up a good point, and I'm, I'm thinking about, we, we've talked about getting the locals back and so forth. One area that was doing really well was downtown Las Vegas, and you got Derek Stevens over there. He's got the Circa, which was a big, you know, he's a big financial investment in that. It was going to be the showcase, it still will be, of downtown. I got to wonder a guy like that who will do whatever it takes, what they're thinking of down there, because they were just getting a real buzz, you know, that and the Zappos part of the cultural scene. Downtown was on the on the edge. Coming out of this, do they start way in the back again? Or maybe are they, are they better positioned to kind of keep going up than maybe even the the uh, places on the Strip? Well, I, with, uh, with Circa, uh, with Derek, um, he's not finished it yet. I don't think construction has stopped. So uh, it's not scheduled to be open to well past this, uh, this pandemic. Yeah, uh, so he may be in better shape with his new property than he is with the D right now, and uh, and I'm sure he's bleeding. The, the strip and the town we're losing thirty five, forty million dollars a day. Uh, I, and I'm not sure of that number, but I, in my own head, I made a guesstimate, and that's what I came up with: twenty five million dollars a day on on the strip alone, and it's probably bigger than that. Uh, so they're bleeding. Who has the money? Who has the resources? Will they get the government thing back in time? There's so many questions. Yeah, there, there a really radio are. guy, a radio guy, and a marketing guy that he says, I really want to think about the, the best-case scenario. And the best-case scenario is they figure it all out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm not going to worry about it. I, I'm going to continue to go forward. Well, my I think that's job, a good attitude. I think that's a good attitude. This, I, I, I can't. i got to do that. My job on the strip that I do for the three clients I mentioned, is I work with the ticket salespeople on a, on, a, on a daily basis. I go out there and I talk to the ticket brokers. I talk to the ticket for tonight booth people. I talk to tickets on demand. I go to the concierge and to the box offices, selling my three shows, talking about them. I'm not selling. They know they're there. I'm just keeping them top of mind with everybody. I'm going to have to really gear up and get out there to do this because all those places are shut down, too. They all have to reopen. It's going to be quite a startup. Uh, and I'm going to be right in the middle of it because I got to get ticket sales for those shows. Well, you're absolutely right. And fortunately, those shows not only are good shows, but they got a, they got a nice history to them that people remember that, and that, and that's going to be helpful. I'm wondering though, with residencies being such a big deal in Las Vegas, and it really kind of was just flying out at the beginning of the year with Lady Gaga, Aerosmith, and some of these things. 
and we talked about they're playing bigger facilities. Is that going to come back? And is there anything outside of what we know? I I got your concept on let's go back to old Vegas. Is there something new you think that may become a different draw to Las Vegas that may just be another way to market this? Or is it more just you stay with the, the same stuff? No, no. The, 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 let's say it was normal, even though it's not. Uh, sports uh, marketing, sports betting, the uh, the, the, uh, the Knights, the, the Raiders. Uh, I anticipate Major League Baseball announcement uh, sometime in 2021. Uh, I would even give you a guess. I, I believe in my mind that it's going to be the the, the Tampa Bay uh, race. Oh, okay. I think that's where the negotiations are at right now. And they could use they don't they only put seven eight thousand people in a stadium. So, but there's no baseball stadium as of yet. But what the hell? Let's build another uh, stadium. We've got <laughs> enough of them now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but there are a lot of them dual purpose, except for the uh, the uh, the Omni Dome out there that's behind the Venetian. The that, sphere. That was yeah. not a, That's not a, the sphere. That's not a dual purpose. That's all about concerts and right. music and so like. But a lot of these. Uh, uh, well, Garth Brooks is scheduled to open August 22nd and the first full-blown event in uh, Allegiant Stadium. I don't know if that's going to happen. He sold out in 45 minutes. It's incredible. 60-something thousand seats. Uh, but will that happen? Uh, he, what about the preseason games? Uh, are we going to have the Raiders playing with empty seats? I don't think so. But... Right. but Eventually, everything will settle down, and Vegas will become the sports betting vacation capital of the world. You can come here to see professional uh, football, professional hockey, professional baseball, and then the NBA will show up one of these days, and, and they can fit right into uh, T-Mobile. More from longtime Vegas publicist and producer Ron Garrett in just a moment. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Coast to Coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual play dates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. With us today is Ron Garrett, who represents some of the best acts in Vegas, including Wayne Newton, Menopause the Musical, and the Bronx Wanderers. Absolutely. Let me ask you one last thing then about this whole coronavirus. We're talking about safety and the things we can do. What about the fact that Las Vegas in the summertime, we all know it, is hot. This is one time when maybe hot is good because, as we know, the virus doesn't like the heat. And, boy, there's going to be heat in Las Vegas when you talk about July, August, September. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Uh, the, the, we will not have an issue with this in 115 degrees. Uh, the only problem is will it come back in the fall? And that's what they're arguing about on TV now about second waves and third waves. We'll be pretty clean uh, because of our heat. And by the way, heat starts in May. Uh, May usually gets us to about 100 degrees at least one or two days at the end of the month. The heat starts in May. June is actually one of the hottest months. And I've seen 117 degrees in June. Wow. So, 
yeah, the, the heat will, will do that. It will suppress this whole thing. But the fear would be the uh, second wave coming in the fall. Well, and by hope- then, hopefully, they'll have the, yeah. either the, uh, the, the, the antidote or the... Uh, or the vaccine, one or the other. Well, let's hope. Well, I know you're raring to go. you got the great shows. Let's also talk about your radio show, because I think that's a lot of fun. The Las Vegas Rocks radio show. Where can people hear it, and what do you do on the show? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to be able to do this radio show. I'm so sad I, I haven't done all this weeks. Uh, the show is on uh, on uh, KMZQ Radio. Uh, by the way, those call letters have been passed around to about five different places in Las Vegas over the years. But right now... KMZQ is 6.70 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on your a.m. dial, of course. And uh, and it's on every Saturday, live, in real time. And I say real time because I don't have a dump button. You know, you got to watch what yeah. you say. Yeah, you got to be careful. That's, that's in real time. So it also sounds more important. Live and in real time. Uh, at 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoons. And I'll be, I'm planning my first comeback show on May 2nd. Good. So... And if not that, it'll be the following Saturday for sure. And do they? And, does it stream online for people outside of the area? Yes, uh, I've got listeners all over the place, and I even had a friend of mine I know who listened in from uh, Da Nang, Vietnam. Out loud, <laughs> wow! <you know? laughs> yeah, and uh, my buddy David Arciero, and I've got listeners all over the country. And at the beginning of my show, I, I do shout outs to uh, to the people. I, I ask them to let me know they're listening by text. And uh, they text me like a half hour before the show. And then I start off with introducing my guests, of course. Then I go right into uh, shout-outs of my coverage around the uh, around the country. Because I've got L.A., I've got the East Coast as well. That is but great. what the show's about is promoting local entertainers, singers, magicians, musicians, guitar, everybody, and the venues they appear in. I'm out to fill up the rooms and all the... All the dinner clubs, the Sienna's, the the the, uh, the, the uh, what are they, all these places. I can't right off the bat. Yeah, what, right. what do you call? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Sienna, uh, Keontae, all those places. Yeah, the great acts. Cheap. It's great. It's it's one of the great things about Vegas. Uh, people talk about mm-hmm. Branson, Missouri, and that's fine. But there's a whole bunch of that going on in Las Vegas, and a lot more things uh, on your uh, travel trip. Yeah. My, my mission is to promote these acts locally, and what I offer them is this: if they are doing, uh, if they're doing a show, Rita Lynn was on the last show I had. She Great set jazz singer. The, uh, she's, I love Rita. She's such a sweet person as well. She was appearing that night, Saturday night, in the Piazza Lounge at the Tuscany at seven thirty. At five o'clock, she's on uh, the Las Vegas Rocks Radio Show live in real time, inviting people to come see her. So I I provide this platform for immediate response. And if a show like The Wanderers do I represent, I've got tickets I'm going to start uh, uh, giving away if we need to, or, or offering special pricing deals uh, like that for the shows that night, uh, and so on. So that's why I like this this uh, format that I've created. And also, I use music that uh, my good friend, who's not with us anymore, Tony Saka, yeah. wrote about Las Vegas. He wrote uh, three, four different songs, and I used them. Uh, Las Vegas Rocks is the theme song. He wrote that uh, with uh, Gary Anderson. And also uh, Vegas Nights and The Greatest Town Around. Those are the songs I used done by Gary and Tony. Yeah, Tony, we, we miss Tony. He was a great Las Vegas act, <laughs> no question. 
And Ron Garrett is a guy that knows great Vegas acts. Uh, Ron, if, if people want to follow you, I guess they can go to Facebook, right? And that's a great place to see what you're doing. Uh, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter at the uh, Facebook Ron Garrett Las Vegas, of course. Twitter, Real Ron Garrett on Twitter. At Real Ron Garrett on Twitter. And uh, I don't tweet a lot. I just started, uh, Steve, doing the Twitter thing. And yeah, you, uh, I'm having fun with it. That's I good. Like it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a whole different way to communicate. Hey, thank you, Ron. We hope to have you on again real soon. Is, with is John, is John there with you? Is John around today? No. Well, John is in a separate place working. He will be p- producing, of course, but he's in a separate uh, separate uh, location, as they say, where we're all keeping our distance. Unfortunately, we look forward to the yo, day I when we can do this back again the right way. <laughs> well, tell him I think he's the only guy in town who has a better voice than mine. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I tell John constantly that, you know, if you weren't such a nice guy, I'd really hate you because that voice is incredible. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Thanks, Rom. And thank you for listening today. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, everyone. This is Stephen Manji, who will soon remind you that once again, Vegas never sleeps. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.